Духана привела, ой, груду пина, ни Духана привела. Choir from Ukraine with Nasha Baba Nabazadi Bula, and that translates as Our Granny Was at the Bazaar. And uh, you just never know what kinds of things go on at a bazaar that Baba would be at. Dobry den, Shanovni Radio Suchachi, Tavitayo Vas Sikh na Radio Predachu Nash Holos Radio Kriskoho Kurinya, Nachveli CHLY Stoideni CMFM Umistina Naimo, Primikrofonitsu Hodenu Ye Pavlina, a Pisitsoho Oksanu Budizvame Nestupi Pifodene. Hello there and welcome to Nash Holos Ukrainian Roots Radio coming to you on CHLY 101.7 FM in Nanaimo. I'm Paulette Demchuk Macquarie, Bukarinska Pavlina, and I'll be your host for this first hour, and Oksana will be along at 12 noon to host the rest of the show in Ukrainian. Coming up in this hour, a couple of items from the Nasholus Audio Archives focusing on Mother's, which Mother's Day was just this past Sunday, of course, and uh, no need to stop celebrating moms just yet. So uh, Victor's Vignettes will feature his uh, Baba's favorite sayings, his granny's favorite sayings, and as well an item from my personal past, a chat with my mom before she passed away, and I will be talking all about uh, her life growing up on the farm, a little bit about her mom's life, uh, adjusting as an immigrant to life in Canada, and of course a little bit about food. As well, an interview with Vancouver Island author Diana Steven. She'll be doing a virtual book launch tomorrow, and she'll be releasing her book, Lilacs in the Dust Bowl. This is a sequel to her family saga, which she released a couple of years ago at the Vancouver Island Regional Public Library in downtown Nanaimo. Uh, that was called Sunflowers Under Fire. So stay tuned with us. She'll tell us a little bit about uh, her book and all the details of the launch tomorrow. 
So stay tuned for all of that. We've also got our usual proverb of the week, other items of interest, and great Ukrainian music. And coming up next, a song by Cheremshena from Montreal from their CD, Posteshkach Mari, Along Paths of a Dream. And here she, here they are now with Naviska, the mother-in-law. soldiers are killed or wounded by Russian invaders. You can help wounded heroes by joining the Adopt-A-Soldier program of registered charity Ukraine War Amps. A small monthly donation goes very far for medical services and living expenses and creates a special bond between you and a wounded hero. 100% of your contribution goes to the soldier. Please, adopt a soldier today. Visit ukrainewaramps.ca or find us on Facebook. Старенька, люба моя мамо, коли б дорогу знала ти сюди, пішла б одна, глибокими снігами, 
Montreal, which is where Chetam Shana hails from. This was Previt from their first city, Berech Nidi, Shores of Hope, and an original composition about Mama, Mamo. From the Nash Holos Audio Archives, narrated by Serhi Kaznaji of Toronto, one of Victor's vignettes, stories by the late Victor Sergeyev of Mykolaiv, Ukraine, a lover of the Ukrainian and English languages who left this earth much, much too soon. Baba is what I called my granny on my father's side. Or sometimes just simply, Ba. My Baba was an amazing woman. Her folk wisdom and wit still inspire me to this day, even though I didn't really even know her. 
I was only two years old when she died, so there were times growing up when I wondered if I invented her myself. But she definitely did exist. I know this because throughout my childhood years, my mum was in the habit of prefacing folk sayings with, as your Baba said. As a rule, in Ukrainian, the sayings rhymed and made great sense. Here are a few examples. Vmila hotuvate, tanevmila podavate. Good cooking, but poor presentation. Desheva repka, pohana yushka. Cheap fish makes bad soup. Netak stalosya, jaghadalosya. Appearances can be deceiving. Shoshvitko robitsya, tokrive rodicya. Haste makes waste. V čužih rukah zavše bilše šmatok. The neighbor's grass is always greener. Za durnoju holovoju i noham nema spokoju. A foolish head creates restless legs. Daj Bože našemu teljati volka zjisti. Please, Lord, allow our calf to eat a wolf. Ne včeraj bo plavati. Do not teach a fish to swim. Dalše oči, dalše srce. Out of sight, out of mind. Durin dumkoju bahetije. A foolish man creates wealth only in his mind. As a child, I was very proud to have such an astute and wise granny. As I grew older, of course, I realized that she was not in fact the actual author of these remarkable sayings. Still, Ukrainian proverbs always remind me of my granny. So the habit of adding, as my Baba said, will last forever. The words of the late Viktor Sergeyev of Mykolaiv, Ukraine, narrated by Serhii Kaznadi of Toronto.
Ukrainian-Canadian jazz singer who recorded a CD in honor of her Ukrainian roots, and the CD is by that name, Ukrainian Roots, and that song was Mama Nesorochka, which means an embroidered shirt of mother's embroidered shirt. On the line with me now is Vancouver Island author Diana Steven, who has just released her latest novel, Lilacs in the Dust Bowl. She'll be launching it tomorrow. Lilacs in the Dust Bowl is set during the Great Depression in Canada. It is the sequel to Sunflowers Under Fire, her first novel in this family saga, based on a true story. Diana joins us now to tell us a bit about her new novel, herself, and tomorrow's virtual book launch. So welcome back to Nasholas, Diana. Thank you so much, Paulina. It's great to have you on the show again and uh, get caught up. I remember like it was yesterday when you launched Sunflowers Under Fire in downtown Nanaimo at the Vancouver Island Regional Library. 
But, uh, of course, some time has passed, and you've been very busy since writing your sequel. So tell us about it. Uh, it's based on a true story. Uh, whose story? Based on my Baba story, Lucia Mazuret, which became Lucia Mazurik in Canada. Okay. And uh, I, ne- well, I never thought I'd write the first one. And after I wrote the first one, uh, readers were asking me, well, what happens next? Mm. And uh, Sunflowers Under Fire has done quite well. It's uh, you know, want some attention in some contests. Great. So I thought, you know, I knew the characters already, and I thought, why not? And and then when COVID struck too, that gave me the opportunity to re- dig in and do some research. Mm-hmm. So, um, Lilacs in the Dust Bowl basically picks up where Sunflowers Under Fire left off, and it shows how my Baba leaves her village and you know, arrives in Canada just before the stock market crashes in the summer of 1929 and before the Great Depression begins. And so I often thought my first book could have been titled Oi, Oi, Oi. (laughs) And this book could have been titled uh, The Frying Pan Into the Fire because uh, she um, came here hoping that she could have um, a farm with good soil and uh, a secure future for her family, what was left of it. But instead, she found, um, you know, some really hard times here. What prompted you to write, um, to start this story with Sunflowers Under Fire? I guess I could say my my, uh, granddaughter, Chloe. My mother was a wonderful storyteller, and she would tell stories about the old country. And I didn't pay attention when I was young because I think when you're young, you're mm-hmm. only concerned with yourself mostly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what your parents say um, yeah, flies over your head, especially if they become tearful as you're talking about the old country. Right. So I um, didn't pay a whole lot of attention. And then when my mom got older, away, what I would do is I thought, well, she's getting older and her memory's going. I better write these down. And I did, like for just for my own family history that I could pass on to my grandchildren. And so during the course of, I think, um, a talk with my granddaughter, Chloe, she said to me, you know, Bobby, you should write this story. I had already written two other novels, which were quite different. One was a romantic mystery, and the other one was a women's fiction. Hmm. And so I thought, yeah, maybe I should. So I started. Amazing. Now, this is a story of your granddaughter's great-great-grandmother, then. That's right. Yeah. Wow. That's like five generations back. I can see why she would have asked you to do that. Well, I I wish my Baba was still alive. I mean, I, I... I think I said this on the previous radio broadcast that I shared a bedroom with Baba until I was 15 years of age. Uh-huh. But she never talked about what happened, uh, the kind of life she led in the old country or what it was like in Canada. And perhaps she just didn't want to revisit those times. Um, they were hard times. Yeah, yeah. Although, Paulina, in this book, there is, you know, some lightness. There's um, yeah. I mean, even though they weathered the Great Depression, there was time for laughter and song and dance and even even a couple of loves. Um, there's a love story in here. Oh, that's nice. It's nice to have romance in a, <laughs> in, in a story. <laughs> there's a couple. There's a couple. Yeah. yeah, there's a couple in there. So so what happened was um, Lucia came here. Uh, how old was she when she came to Canada? She was 54, but the cutoff age was 50. Oh. So in, at the end of Sunflowers Under Fire, we see some of the ways that she has to figure out in order to pass 
at 50, she was very worried, you know, that she'd be caught and she wouldn't be allowed to um, emigrate. Oh. Yeah, but she managed to get here and uh, very brave of her. I mean, I think yeah. I think of her, um, you know, an unsung heroine. So many like her. So many oh, yeah. women uh, of every culture who mm-hmm. have sacrificed for their families. I, I just find it incredibly amazing. Yeah, to emigrate here at, at that age with, with your family. She came with her husband or without? No, without a husband. Without a husband, no. wow. Yeah. But children, no, with children. With children, what was left of her family, right. Wow. She came with four children, and, uh, you she, know, she had given birth to eight. She came with four and, and uh, yeah, left left what she knew behind. I mean, to me, that's so incredible, and I... yeah. I uh, I was thinking about you know we're all in this pandemic now and we're we're suffering you know with not being with loved ones mm-hmm. but you know Baba I mean she weathered typhus the typhus epidemic in the old country right and then she comes here and she never spoke to her mother again her mother was left behind never heard her voice mm-hmm. they had no telephone mm-hmm. they had no television like we do to distract us from our pain right you know and they had to you know figure out how to to keep the roof over their head, basically, and, and feed themselves. I mean, it was the basics. Yeah. Um, even in Canada, you know, our, yeah. our families who came here. Is, yeah, so it's, I just have such admiration for her. Yeah. So your your mom told her mom's stories to you. Yes, she would tell them around the kitchen table. You know, we'd sit and have a meal, and at the end of the meal, we'd have a cup of tea, and, the, and mom would start talking, and dad would tear up. Oh. <laughs> I think that's when I zoned out, you know, just maybe it was just like too much. But then later in life, I thought, yeah, I better write Please. these down. Yeah, I wish I had done that with, with my mom. Yeah, yeah I, I, I do encourage my friends to do that because, you know, it, my mother and Baba, they were illiterate. But they were also very smart women. Mm-hmm. But circumstances in their lives, mother was a wonderful oral storyteller. Mm-hmm. The um, the first book, Sunflower Under Fire, that we'll find out why what happened to the other four children and her husband, right? Yeah. And and then so when she comes to Canada, twenty nine, right smack into the Great Depression. I remember my mom talked. My mom was born in nineteen thirty one, and I remember her talking about life on the farm. But of course, they she was born here already, and her you know her parents and grandparents came twenty years. 30 years prior and uh, so they were already settled but and they had a farm and it was already developed and producing well but still the hardships that the few things that she talked about and we used to again laugh oh yeah mom you know you walk to school three miles uphill barefoot in the snow both ways you know (laughs) know. (laughs) but you know uh, it's kind of too bad that you know we don't pay more attention when we're young to our parents' stories, uh, especially now, you know, even, you know, how much, how much different life was three years ago for young people, even, you know, for, never mind for us, but even young people growing up now, right? They've yeah. got, they've got stories to tell. I mean, the world is, is uh, much more unstable now than it was when we were growing up. Yeah, they have a different set of problems, for sure. Oh, yeah, yes. yeah. But I just feel so incredibly lucky and blessed yeah. that, you know, even though we are at a distance, like my daughter and, and uh, Chloe and, and uh, Mimi and, and my son-in-law are far away, and I haven't seen them for over a year and a half, but 
you know, we can phone, we can text, we can Zoom, email, yeah. we can do FaceTime, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. But even still, I mean, that's not, doesn't take the place of face-to-face human contact, right? And I think that young people, today's young people, will be able to relate to your story of hardship. Uh, it was a different sets of circumstances and different problems, but yet I think the emotional side of it, anyone could relate to, especially today. I th- I'm hoping they'll find it inspiring. I mean, to me, it certainly has been inspiring, and even some flowers in, under fire. I mean, that's what you know, some mm-hmm. readers have told me is is to understand that we have more strength than we think at mm-hmm. times. And even when life throws us some very difficult uh, challenges, we we rise up. Mm-hmm. And this is what my Baba did. She rose to the challenge, mm-hmm. and her family did, and and uh, other families during that that time. And by the way, I should mention too, in Alex and the Dust Bowl, um, you know, my Baba ends up working as a domestic uh, on Selkirk Avenue in Winnipeg, which was a huge Eastern European kind of uh, market place, mm-hmm. so to speak. Mm-hmm. And uh, lots of Jewish people and Polish and Ukrainian mm-hmm. um, shops there. And so there's some interesting sort of historical um, stuff that I discovered in writing this novel mm. that I think will be of interest to uh, to readers too about about those times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my grandmother worked as a domestic too, but would, it would have been before your grandmother's time because it would have been probably 20 years prior um, in Winnipeg. By the time your grandmother was there, uh, mine was on the farm. <laughs> but uh, yeah, in, uh, interesting parallels there. Yeah, I did get a couple of um, recordings with my mom, but there's just so much that unfortunately is lost forever. So um, great that you have, because I'm sure that the story that you tell is very common to to many others. So I certainly recommend anybody that hasn't to uh, to get uh, Diana Stevens books. Thank you, Paulina. And the virtual book launch tomorrow is open to anyone uh, because it's virtual and Mm -hmm. it's... uh, they could just go on the Vancouver Island Regional Library website, and there's a link there, a Zoom link. And I'll be doing an author reading from the novel and maybe some um, some slides of some of the research that I oh. did to write this story. Oh, super. So although it won't be like the last one uh, at the Vancouver, uh, the Vancouver Island Public Library, um, are they involved with this launch? You... Uh, well, it's online for the whole Vancouver Island. It's on their events page. Okay. So just, yeah, if you just go into the Vancouver Island Regional Library and you click on calendar May, you know, May 13th, mm-hmm. I'm there. Okay. <laughs> and it gives you, uh, you know, a blurb about the novel and mm-hmm. a link. And there's a draw for a free signed copy. Awesome. Okay. And what time? At uh, 2 to 3 p.m. Okay. So that's uh, tomorrow, May the 13th. 13th. Okay. So that's how people can find your launch uh, and um, your book. How how can, if people want to buy your book, how would they do that? Well, it'll be available at major booksellers online. Mm-hmm. Uh, it can also be ordered in to any kind of bricks and order, mortars bookstore. Mm-hmm. And on Vancouver Island, it'll be at uh, Save on Foods and uh, Coho Books in Campbell River, Laughing Oyster. Uh, bookshop in Courtney and at Window Seat Books in Nanaimo. Oh, super. And you said it's available online as well? Yes. Okay. Both the ebook and the paper book. Okay. Well, 
Fantastic. Well, good luck with your launch tomorrow. I'm sure it will, it will be great. Um, Thank you for so having nice. me, Paulina. Well, thanks for coming on. Thank you for writing the books. And uh, look, are, is there going to be a third, another one? Yes, there is. Oh, great. I've started writing it, yes. Wow. When does it take place? Uh, it takes place starting in 1937 and will probably go till about 1943. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, keep us posted on that and look forward to uh, getting you on the show to talk about that one. So happy writing and uh, thank you. see you at the virtual book launch tomorrow. Okay. Okay, thank you. <laughs> thank you, Diana. Yeah, they're talking with you, Paulina. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Ви слухаєте наш голос Радіо Українського коріння, котре подається вам на хвилі CHLY 101.7 FM у місті Нанайму. І з вами Оксана і Павліна. You're listening to Nash Holos Ukrainian Roots Radio on CHLY 101.7 FM in beautiful downtown Nanaimo with your hosts Oksana and me Pavlina. Ой, казала мені мати, та й приказувала, щоб я хлопців у садочок не принаджувала. Ой, мамо, 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 не принаджувала. Ой, мамо, мамо, не принаджувала. Посилала мене мати до криниченьки, піди доню та принеси мені водиченьки. Ой, мамо, 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 дай водиченьки. Ой, мамо, мамо, дай водиченьки. Ждала, ждала мене, мати не діждалася, а я з милим прикерниці цілувалася. Ой, мамо, 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 цілувалася. Ой, мамо, мамо, цілувалася. the late Kvika Sisek from her first CD and that was a song about a mother who tries to keep her daughter from attracting the wrong sort of man by sending her to fetch water but in the end mother's plans fail spectacularly and isn't that always the case? So, did you make pierogies when you were a little kid on the farm? Oh, yes. All the time. Did you have them often for a meal? Oh, yeah, a lot. Yeah, because that's almost a meal in itself. For a lot of people it is, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Well, you know, on the farm, especially in the summertime, uh, you know, there's no fridges, no no freezers, no electricity, no nothing. So you have to have food, you know, without meat a lot. You know, uh-huh. yeah. You so it's a very much meat, yeah, in the summertime because there's no place to keep it cold. But pierogies would last for a day or well, two. Pierogies, well, we had ice uh, houses. Ah. So if we had to keep them, you know, for a day or so, we'd put them in an ice house or down the well where the cold water was in a pail or something and just put it down the well because it was cold. Mm-hmm. 
but, uh, you know, only for about a day or so. That's about it. Right. And then, well, a couple of days later, you make pierogies again. <laughs> <laughs> An ongoing process. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We had them quite often. So, but you, this was um, a sort of a secret, um, yeah. a, a, a not very well-kept secret that every family had. Well, uh, I don't know if everybody else did what we did. I mean, the mom, my mom was... She was a program maker. She was good. <laughs> and I don't know if everybody else did that. I don't know what the neighbors did or anything else. Probably too, but I just don't know. But you told me that you don't didn't like other people to know that you were making them. Well, that's right. My mom didn't because, well, you know, when they moved into Canada, it was all occupied by English people and, and French. Well, it all depends where you came, where you got settled. But uh, there was the poor people that came from Ukraine were considered just poor people. So that's that's why we sort of kept away from everybody. That's what Mom was saying, anyways. But they did get jobs with English. That's how they learned to speak English. Mm. My mom, at thirteen, you know, she was thirteen years old. When they came uh, over and, uh, well, there was no, she didn't go to school here because she couldn't speak English, but she worked for English people and she learned how to speak English. Mm -hmm. Just babysitting and cleaning house and stuff like this Mm -hmm. on the farm, yeah. And so when she got married and went to the farm, they settled in uh, so late, you know, like the government gave them uh, for a dollar a quarter section of land. Wow. They, they they settled in so late, but it was all bush. She said they gave us an axe, a saw, and a hammer, and put us in this bush. All you could see was up. So they had to clear all the bush to build a shack for themselves, and, you know, with cut down trees with logs, and, and then they plastered them with, with uh, uh, mud, with dirt and water, and, you know, and, and that's. That's where they lived for a while. No fiberglass insulation or cedar shake. Oh, are you <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, and that's the story she was telling us. I mean, I, she was only 13, but she still remembers mm-hmm. all, all that. And she we just missed her beautiful Ukraine. Yeah. She was always talking about it. But you were born and grew up here, so you had a oh, yeah. oh, different yeah. life. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah. So on on the farm, um, pierogi making was not something that you talked to your neighbors about or, or let no, on about? No, no. This, it was all different than it is now. There was not hardly any communication. Sure, neighbors, you know, would visit each other and help each other with something, but there was no communication like there is now. Because everybody was very busy with their farm. Everything was done by hand, not now like machinery and everything, you know. It, it was different. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, no Skype calls. <laughs> you know, it, it's a different life back, you know, once this 60, 70 years ago. Yeah, but you were saying that uh, you would, if somebody would come to the door and you were making pierogies, you'd hide them. Oh, it's not only that. Uh, yeah, that's what mom would do. You know, if the dog was barking that somebody was coming and we were making pierogies, she'd hide them, put, you know, wrap them up in the towel that they were sitting on and put in the cupboard. <laughs> so nobody would see that we were making pierogies, yeah. 
I don't know why she felt that way, but that's what she did. And now, you know, I can't make enough of them. <laughs> people, people like them. No kidding. I was up till two in the morning <laughs> making some to bring in <laughs> today because there everybody was was asking for pierogies. And I just, yeah. I, I felt bad that I'd come in empty handed. So, because <laughs> talk about them so much. So I, rem- I remember when I was growing up, we, you know, often had pet a hen. We called them pet a hen, not pet pierogies. Yeah, yeah. In those days. Yeah. Some call them Varanike, and, and, uh, but like, in our, I don't know, there's so many different languages in Ukraine. Dialects, <laughs> yeah. 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 And, uh, and did you call them Pyrrhia. Did you hear the term Varanike when you were growing up? No. Yeah. I, I think that's Polish maybe or something like that. No, no, actually the, uh, what the linguist will tell you is Pyrrhia is actually Polish from, from, oh. from Polish Pierogi and uh, the, Proper Ukrainian way. Now, this would be, you know, literary Ukrainian, but the proper word is varenike because uh, oh, varenike so. comes from varete, which means to boil, right? And oh, so that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, but, gee, I see. I don't know all that story. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a much more recent story than your story about making them and shoving them in the closet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Lot, that's 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 a, that's a story for our generation to to tell our yeah. grandkids. Um, but I do remember when we were. I have a very clear memory, I don't know why, the only time of pierogies is when we were living in Viking, Alberta. Mm-hmm. And you made them often because times were very tough there. We were living in that little house and yeah. all crammed crammed into there. And and uh, and you often made pet a half for supper. That's right. Yeah. And uh, we, I would be talking with my, um, my junior high friends and they'd be talking about what they're having for supper. Uh, I'm having shepherd's pie or I'm having pork chops or whatever, and what are you having? Pet-a-hair. What's pet-a-hair? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's And I felt so like such an such an odd duck and such an oddball because nobody knew what pet-a-hair were. Yeah. And then I'd, I'd be kind of embarrassed about that. And uh, one time a friend came over, a, uh, an Irish girl, remember? And she said, oh, we are, we're having shepherd's pie. I don't want that. Can I come and have your pet-a-hair? Really? And, and yeah. <laughs> At least I think this is a long time ago, so I think that. But I, I, I think she came and tasted them and liked them. But I was always embarrassed because it was, you know, nobody knew what it was. And exactly. We had, we had them so often. Yeah. But um, but now, I mean, you know, people look at me and, it would, you know, jaws would drop and tell that story because, you know, yeah. how can you how can you not think the pierogies are the biggest treat in the world? So, yeah. Well, yeah. I feel like I say it's such a different world now. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Times sure change, yeah. and uh, yeah. yeah. And before, you know, when all these uh, German and Ukrainian and Polish immigrants came, there was a lot of discri- discrimination. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, yeah. so you know, well, I, people sort of kept to themselves. Yeah, yeah. I I felt it too, actually, growing yeah. like yeah. like that pet hair thing, but. But yeah. by that by that time it was getting a lot better. Oh yeah. Oh definitely. Yeah. It was. Uh, yeah. And now it's it's crazy. Um, the pierogies yeah. are part of the mainstream Canadian culture. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh yeah. Honestly, it's, I, I, it's unbelievable. Yeah. You've often said, if only Mom would she could see this. That's right. Yeah. She wouldn't believe. She would be speechless. <laughs> Honestly, you know, sure there's you know there's different kind of pierogies in the stores and everything, but everybody says that they're not they're not that great. They're no they're no good. 
<laughs> so I don't know how they make them, but so they still don't. Well, somebody... Everything's made by machine now, so I guess there's a lot yeah. of things. <laughs> yeah. Get along uh, with. <laughs> yeah, ex- exactly. So you miss you miss being at the deli. I sure do. Uh, you know, it's, but then I, I can't I can't work now. My fingers don't work. Nothing works. No. So I can't do anything now. So now you have stories to share. Well, well, and then I think about these stories, and I can't believe what <laughs> <laughs> what became of all that. You know, from you selling a few pierogies out of the garage, and look at now, it's a great big business. Yeah. 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 So, but people. All, and all started with with pierogies, and what would Baba think if she could see? Now. Yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah. She wouldn't believe it either. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's an interesting story about pierogies, and here on Vancouver Island, it's, uh, I think a lot of people would, you know, have no idea um, of, of the history of pierogies in Canada. <laughs> they came from yeah, very, very humble beginnings, very literally speaking, yeah. and, and yeah. now, and now they're, um, I think I've seen pierogi poutine. Yeah. I've, I've seen pierogi burgers. Burgers? Yeah, a pierogi yeah, it was a pierogi burger. I should be taking notes now every time I go into a restaurant and see some pierogi yeah. auction on the menu. But uh, it's um, it's pretty pierogi pizza, and then of course all all different kinds of pierogies on very many menus over here on Vancouver Island. So, well, that's good, Mom. Thanks so much for sharing the story of of pierogies and life on the on the farm back in the day. No, it was different then. Like I keep telling everybody, she's a different world now from where I when I grew up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now you got the cell phones and the iPads and the iPhones and all this kind of stuff. And oh gosh, we didn't even have. I said, I told my to everybody else here. You know, I grew up didn't even have a phone on the farm. Your <laughs> <laughs> cell phone or anything? No, nothing. Yeah, like it's just an absolutely different world now. Anyways, we still have pierogies around. Uh, doesn't look like they're going to be disappearing anytime soon. So, <laughs> no, I don't think so. <laughs> so, thanks for sharing that, Mom, and hopefully we'll see you out here in the island. So, so say hello to the listeners in Nanaimo and whoever's listening on the internet. Oh yeah, well, hello everybody. <laughs> <laughs> say something in Ukrainian. Say. <laughs> well, it's the stuff of class now. Okay. After Easter, it's still. For Easter, Novus Kras. And uh, say goodbye in Ukrainian. Oh, do pobaczni. Okay. Dziękuję. you. Chula, 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 chula,
joga essa pirorré A Jessy e a Isa Lice Se ela se pororré Rosa que espera o gato Go vibes at Buriane Chechula, chula, chula Chechula, chula, te Isdema, yak, chenu Shodes, papiro, he Mata, lula, mister, si Nia, te, boro, he Siala, sobe, di, chenu He said, my Ukrainian grandmother gave me some great advice. She said, if you like her brogies, she'll like your kubasa. Listen up, you little doggies, it's a universal law. Cause some like buns, some cabbage rolls, some even like coleslaw. But if you like her brogies, she'll like your kubasa. Now some men think that all it takes is a fancy car Some men think that money will make up for who they are Some men think it's flowers and chocolates and you'll score But if they listen to their grandmother, they'd all come back for more Cause you can read of Mars and Venus, you can even pass the test But if you're lucky enough to be Ukrainian, Baba knows best She says if you like her pierogies, she'll like your kubasa. Listen up, you little doggies, it's a universal law. Some like buns, some cabbage rolls, some even like coleslaw. But if you like her pierogies, she'll like your kubasa. Everybody now, you like her pierogies, she'll like your kubasa. Listen up, you little doggies, it's a universal law. Some like buns, some cabbage rolls, some even like coleslaw. But if you like her pierogies, she'll like your kubasa. And of all the advice that you could be taking, you can like them flavors 
next time she saw him, he had another girl. They're all- From Saskatchewan, that was Connie Calder with her pierogies. And before her, Kalena from Winnipeg with a song about a guy who had to choose between a beautiful girl and a bowl of pierogies. And that little chat, of course, was me and mum back in 2013. Coming up next from Edmonton, the Playboy Band and Kazalameni Matea. More advice from mom on romance. Radio Pratamu Nash Holos Radio Nashaho Korinya Nakvali CHLY Stoideni CMFM Umistin Naimo Tsuho de Nupolas Vame Pavina Zaras Perdeu Microfono Oksani Alla Peritemio Hochus Alashitavasti Kimislavame Mudroste Htov Materi Poradishukaya Toyusesh Jesleve Buvaya And our proverb of the week translates as a mother's advice is bound to bring good fortune. You're listening to Nash Holos Ukrainian Roots Radio here on CHLY 101.7 FM in Nanaimo. I'm Pavlina and my time with you is up. Oksana will be here at the top of the hour to host the rest of the show. Thanks for listening. Dozusrichi. <laughs> Зарисмей, кого, 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 кого,
Ciceriko, Ciceri, 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 Rosyszyny Kuceri, 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 Rosyszyny Kuceri, Kuceri, Kuceri. Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now.